What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Then Coach Leach comes on, you know, his old, uh, hey, is this uh, this Gordon? And I was like, oh, man, no way. Like, yeah, we'd like to offer you a full scholarship. What do you say? And I was like, oh, wow. Hello and welcome to episode 30, a nice round number, of The Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and this episode is sponsored by Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and check them out at betonline.ag. We're inching closer to the NFL Combine here. Workouts start on the field a week from today, and tonight's guest, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon, will be one of 17 quarterbacks in Indianapolis trying to improve his draft stock. It was a good conversation with Anthony. We got into his time at Washington State, what it was like to have just one year as a starter, how the Lions coached him at the Senior Bowl, and also a little bit about what the late Tyler Holinsky meant to him. Before we get to Anthony, I just want to touch a little bit on Darius Slay and what's going on with the Lions' star cornerback. He hasn't been moved as of this recording on Tuesday night, but it's clear Detroit is going to be shopping its best defensive player. And to me, the Lions have to get a decent haul back to even really consider dealing away Slay. Why? Multiple reasons. First, as I've discussed many times on this podcast, it's not good business to trade away good players. Not when you're trying to win. And if you think the locker room doesn't notice when a team consistently trades away talent that's liked in the locker room, look at Golden Tate and Quandre Diggs with the Lions, for example, you'd be incredibly mistaken. Things like that matter. Lomas Brown and I discussed it back in episode 28 a week ago, which is worth your time if you haven't checked it out already, about how it's important to keep your top players happy, which leads to this. If you've looked at colleague Adam Schefter's Instagram post about Slay being shopped around that he posted on Monday night, you might have noticed that one of Slay's teammates posted an emoji that looked none too happy. That player? Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay who's up for a contract extension, made the Pro Bowl this year, and is one of Detroit's three or more most important players and maybe their biggest future building block when it talks about players under, say, 28 years old. Galladay is one of the better receivers in the league and one of the bright spots for the Lions. So it's, again, about keeping your top players happy And if one of your best offensive players is not pleased one of the best defensive players is on the block, and yeah, I'm taking a chance and assuming that that is what Kenny Galladay meant with his not-so-happy emoji, those things matter. 
So yeah, there will be a lot of talk about Darius Slay in the coming days and weeks and months until he does or does not get traded or sign a new contract, making him one of the top cornerbacks paid, at least in the game. But realize any decision the Lions do make could have reverberations beyond the salary cap and dollars and cents of it all to the cents players get about what the organization is actually doing. And when you're trying to build faith in a team and faith in a program and a system working, every move you make is going to matter. Personally, if I'm the Lions, unless I get a first-round pick in exchange for Slay, I'm keeping him around for 2020. The CBA negotiations and any new CBA could scuttle things for future franchise tags and compensatory picks and the like, which makes it a bit more tricky and maybe why if the Lions can get, say, a second-round pick for him, they would do that. But if I'm Detroit, that's a chance I'm willing to take. It's a make-or-break year for Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. They have to show improvement. If I'm them, I want to hold on to every good player possible. And that most definitely includes Darius Slay. Of course, understand that in the draft, they could take Jeffrey Okuda. And if they do trade Slay before the start of the new league year, they can make a run at a Byron Jones or a Chris Harris or a Logan Ryan to be a maybe little bit less paid replacement for Slay. And you could still have a good group of cornerbacks along with Justin Coleman and Amani Awarie. But Darius Slay knows the system. He has a book on the top receivers in the NFC North, including Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs. And that type of experience goes a long way. So don't discount that. And that has value there because if you're the Lions, the last thing you want to do is have Okuda, if you take him at number three or number five, be your top corner because rookie corners don't always fare well in the NFL. And any other corner would have to take time to build that book that Darius Slay already has on the veteran quarterbacks in the division with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins and those veteran receivers that he faces in Adams and Diggs. We'll be right back after this break with our guest for tonight, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you all about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Baseball opening day are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you do sign up, you get a 50% welcome bonus off that first deposit. The Wilder Fury rematch, it goes down this Saturday night. I'm really excited to watch it, and we can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing so with actual free money. Head on over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. It's super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show.
Welcome to tonight's guest on the Michael Rothstein Show. He threw for 5,579 yards and 48 touchdowns last season at Washington State. Now he's going through the NFL draft process. Anthony Gordon, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Of course, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. So it's early still for you in this very long process, but what's the draft process been like for you over the first, oh, six, seven weeks of this? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a ride so far, and it's everything I was hoping and uh, praying for last year. And, uh, you know, very humbled to be in the position that I'm at right now. And, uh, you know, got to give a lot of thanks to uh, an unbelievable coaching staff at Washington State for presenting me with the opportunity to, you know, uh, put my skills uh, on the table and show the, the world what I can do. And throughout this last six or seven weeks, uh, you know, it's been a whole, whole lot of fun, you know, from uh, training to going down to Mobile, Alabama and representing the Cougs uh, in the Senior Bowl. And then, uh, you know, uh, being able to perform down there with the best in the country, you know, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to getting down to Indianapolis and competing further down there. So when did you realize, and we'll get into your career in a little bit, but when did you realize this path could be a possibility for you where you'd be a prospect and you'd go to the Senior Bowl? Like, when did that start to become reality in your head? You know, it's something I didn't really try and think too much about. I knew if I just kind of attacked each and every day with a competitor's mindset and, uh, you know, just put my best foot forward each and every day and uh, do whatever I can to help the team win. I knew that it would, uh, all the pieces would fall into place. You know, I was very lucky to have uh, sat behind Luke Falk and Gardner Minshew who sort of paved the way for me. So uh, I kind of saw their uh, their work kind of kind of fruition. So I knew that if I just uh, kept my head down and worked hard, then uh, it was always going to be a possibility. And then uh, nothing I really reflected on until uh, after our bowl game. And, you know, I got to spend some time with the family and I realized, like, wow, I really got to an unbelievable and a very unique opportunity in front of me. And uh, I was just really looking forward to, uh, you know, just attacking it and making sure that I do everything I can to, uh, you know, uh, help myself out in the NFL and all that. So when you're backing up Luke and maybe even more so Gardner, like is that in the back of your head at all once you see kind of Gardner go through the process? Like you said, you didn't necessarily think about it, but human nature would say, well, Gardner did it off of one or two years of starting and Luke did it off of what he did. It's possible. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, uh, one of my roommates, Max Borgie, our running back, uh, he made the most of it, and now look at him killing it in Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, I always knew that, uh, you know, it doesn't really take uh, – it doesn't really necessarily have to be a four-year coach Leach's system. You know, the volume of throws that we get is equivalent to almost two or three years in some systems. So uh, I knew that if I just kind of worked hard and all that, it'd all, it'd all work out. Did that take getting used to knowing the volume of – like you said, the volume of throws is maybe double what – almost any other guy you're, you know, you're kind of going up against had to take. Did that take getting used to? Did you? Uh, you know, it was something I always kind of knew coming into the air raid. knew that Coach Leach likes to air it out. And I think our final statistic was that we threw the ball about 79, 80% of the time, which is pretty unreal. So uh, I knew coming in that Coach Leach likes to air it out. And uh, I came from a, a background where we threw the ball a lot in high school and at my junior college. So, uh, Coming into the air raid, I was real excited and just really looking to get a shot. And uh, once I got my shot, I, you know, I wasn't going to look back. So, like you mentioned, high school and college there. Take me through your journey a little bit because you played high school ball in California. You were very successful, but scholarships didn't really come, right? Like, they just weren't there. Like what? So, walk me through your journey of how you get from high school to Wazoo. And I believe you were drafted in baseball too, right? Yes, sir. Um, so... 
growing up, I always figured I was going to be a baseball player. I didn't play football until my freshman year of high school. My dad gave me the opportunity. He presented the opportunity and said, look, you can either play football in seventh grade or you can play for this travel ball baseball team still. And I was like, oh, I'll just play football in high school and keep on playing travel ball baseball. And, um, you know, coming into football freshman year, I just kind of fell in love with it and uh, knew it was something I really wanted to pursue. I always played baseball throughout high school, but uh, I was drafted uh, after my senior year. And um, I watched my Uncle Greg. He uh, he was a second overall pick in the 2006 draft, and he was some can't-miss prospect who unfortunately didn't exactly – his career didn't pan out as he had hoped so. And um, seeing that kind of deterred me a little bit from pursuing baseball. And I was like, well, I really want to sustain myself in a football then. And uh, I, I figured to go the junior college route. My dad went to City College of San Francisco. Um, I didn't have any offers coming out of high school, not like barely even any walk-on opportunities. So I knew, I knew that uh, City College of San Francisco was my destination. And uh, coaching staff up there was unbelievable. You know, uh, I had known some of them since I was one years old. So uh, it was somewhere where I really, uh, I really wanted to go. And uh, once I went there, it's kind of a factory. You know, they produce countless Division One prospects every year. So I was lucky enough to play for a great team, great coaching staff. And then uh, Coach Leach was the only school, the only, um, pretty much the only school that gave me an opportunity. Uh, only official offer that I received, and I jumped on it right away. Uh, no visit or anything. He called me late May, asked me how I'd like to be a Washington State Cougar. And I was like, wow, hold on, let me call my parents. Let me call my coaches. I called them back, or I called them. They didn't answer, so I was like, screw it, I'm committing right away. And uh, called Coach Leach right back, and I committed without a visit or anything. And uh, spent my time up there, uh, redshirted, sat two years, and then played this last year. And, you know, it all kind of worked out. Like you said, in May, in May of that year, you don't have a scholarship offer. What was the plan? Did you have a plan at that point, or were you uh, just kind of waiting? I was planning on coming back to – I was planning on coming back to city. Um, I was pretty much fully geared up to come back to city college of San Francisco for uh, my sophomore season. And then uh, lucky enough, coach Leach came knocking right before I was about to enroll into summer classes pretty much and uh, swooped me up and I was so excited for it. So did you know much about Pullman at that point? Like you said, you don't take an official visit. Pullman's not exactly close to anything except for Spokane. Like, what did you know? I didn't know much to be honest. Um, one of my teammates, uh, so like I was the third Coug to go up there, or the third uh, City College alumni to go up to Washington State in two years. So kind of had some familiar faces up there, but I didn't know much. And uh, I just knew that they like to throw the ball a lot. And Coach Leeds is a very uh, decorated and unique head coach. And I was uh, I was fired up for the opportunity and uh, couldn't turn down playing for the Pirate. You know, I really wanted to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, the culture that they were establishing up there uh, – they're kind of underdogs in the Pac-12, you know, they still are, and they always have been. So I kind of – I really admire that about them, how they work hard and uh, beat a bunch of uh, overly recruited teams, you know. Like, we've beaten Stanford, I think, the last five years or four years. We've beaten Oregon for the last five. So, like, that just goes to show uh, the kind of program Washington State is, you know. And uh, it was something I really wanted to be a part of. You know, we have that chip on our shoulder. They're real gritty. They're grindy. And uh, I didn't know much – uh, too much about them going up there, but I was quick to find out, you know, what kind of program they were. How, how When Leach calls you, like, do you know that he's calling you? Like, does someone prep you? Or do, like, you see a random number and you're like, ah, I should probably pick this up. Or did you ignore the call at first because that's what people do now? Uh, no, I, I so it was Coach Jim Master, who's ironically the running back coach at Oregon now. He was the, the running back coach at at uh at Washington State and he was the Bay Area recruiter up and said uh you got a second to talk and I was like yeah what's up he's like give me a call when you get a chance called him right away 
And then Master, Coach Master was like, hey, I'm about to put someone on the phone right now. It's about to change your life. And I was like, oh, no way. And then Coach Leach comes on, you know, his old, uh, <clears throat> hey, is this, uh, is this Gordon? And I was like, oh, man, no way. He's like, yeah, we like to offer you a full scholarship. What do you say? And I was like, oh, wow. Like, so I, I answered the phone, you know, called him right away. And, uh, you know, I was very honored to, to talk to Coach Leach. I'm uh, first of many conversations with him. So everybody, everybody that I've ever talked to about Mike Leach has a Mike Leach story that they hold very near and dear to them. What's yours? Um, I don't know. I think one of my favorite ones is – I got a few, but uh, I think one of my favorite ones is that um, when he's just like – he's got a – one time I asked him where all the quarterbacks were waiting for him to be ready to meet with us uh, for our quarterback meeting, and he was sitting in his office and uh, drinking some coffee or whatever, and then uh, – he walks out of the office and all those quarterbacks walk in and we're waiting for him. And then uh, we start talking about like the JFK uh, sort of thing. And uh, everyone's sitting there kind of talking about it. And then coach comes walking. He goes, what are you guys talking about? I was like, Oh, we're talking about the whole JFK thing. What's your take on it? And he just goes on about an hour long tangent about it. And we barely even got to our quarterback meeting. Coach Leach is just going in about like everything, the Bay of pigs and all that. And he's just going in on, on every topic to, to even, you know, even uh, come across with JFK. And then uh, I think my favorite, though, is one time when we're waiting to get into a quarterback meeting room, he uh, he's on the phone with someone and we're waiting to get started and all the coaches come walking out of the meeting room like, wow, that's pretty cool, man. Not every day you get to talk to someone like that. And we're like, huh, I wonder who he was talking to. He's just leaning back in his chair talking to Donald Trump on his phone. So, you know, he's pretty he's pretty unique, man. And uh he uh, he's got a lot of connections. He's friends with a lot of celebrities, and he downplays it and acts like he uh, they're just kind of normal people. But it's pretty crazy when uh, you really understand who he knows and all the connections he has. How long did it take you to realize that he was maybe that plugged in and that connected to people? Because I don't think a lot of people even realize that. Uh, you know, I think after that old Donald Trump, uh, the old Donald Trump discussion, I was like, wow, this guy's uh, pretty well connected with everyone, and. Uh, you know, uh, Coach is a great person to know. Uh, he's a good friend of mine at this point now. He's uh, one of my favorite coaches. I, I love playing for him. And, uh, you know, definitely someone good to have a good connection with because uh, his connections can go a long way as well. How did you grow at Washington State? Um, I'd say I grew as a leader. Um, I came in with more so the mindset that uh, – like, you know, I'm just going to be so good, they're going to have no choice but to play me. And uh, I was quick to find out that that's there's a whole lot more to being a quarterback than that. You know, I'd always been a leader growing up, but uh, I knew that I'd have to take further strides in order to be the starting quarterback. And I watched Gardner come in, just win the locker room over in, in about a, a, a week or two. You know, he's very strong personality, very uh, very rah-rah. And uh, I was quick to find out, you know, that that goes a long way. And uh, I became more boisterous and uh, – I became um, I became more of a leader, you know, someone that the guys could go to in tough times. And, uh, you know, uh, being someone that was able to strive in adversity is something that I took a whole lot of pride in. You know, back-to-back grad transfers coming in, you know, Gardner got the best of me uh, uh, his year. And then uh, this past year, you know, Gage came in, Gage Gabrud, and he's a great dude, great teammate, great friend. And uh, But, uh, you know, in between the lines, you know, we, we were all gunning for the starting quarterback position, and I knew what it was going to take in order to become the starting quarterback this past year. Were you worried going in, like you said, they bring in another grad transfer that maybe you just weren't going to be able to get the job? Because like you said, Gardner had come in and, you know, there had been that lineage. Um, yeah, uh, I suppose there was a little bit of 
a little overthinking on my end at first, but, uh, you know, I'm a big believer and you can only control what you can. And, uh, you know, them bringing in another grad transfer is something that I couldn't control. And uh, what I could control is my attitude, the way I worked and, uh, you know, how important it was to me. And uh, I made sure that that was, that was widely recognized by the entire coaching staff. And, uh, you know, uh, if I just kind of put my head down and work and corrected the things that I thought needed to be corrected, I, I figured out I'd have as good a shot as anyone uh, to win the starting job. And I was, I was fortunate enough to have a, a great fall camp. We're all really good friends, and, you know, we're all pulling for each other. Uh, we all selfishly or wanted to be the starting quarterback, but at the same time, we would have been pulling for whoever it was. Whether it was Trey or Gage, uh, I would have been fully on their side supporting them, uh, you know, giving them as much help as I could. And they were awesome, and they did everything they could to help me throughout the year. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, yeah. What, what was the – like, you get in there, and it's your first start on August 31st last year. What's that like for you emotionally? What's that like for you mentally? Because it had been a few years since you had really been in that situation at all. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool, you know, being able to get that – finally get that starting nod, you know, something that I had been uh, – I'd kind of been uh, rehearsing in my head how I'd react when Coach finally told me. And, uh, you know, I humbly accepted it and, uh, you know, uh, knew that I couldn't have done it without the help of my coaches uh, from high school to junior college all the way to Wazoo or couldn't have done it without my peers and teammates. You know, uh, Trey and Gage pushed me to be the best I could, you know, competing against two great quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, the receivers, offensive line and running backs, you know, they, they definitely helped me out along the way. And, uh Emotionally, there are some nerves going into that first game, but I'm able to cool those nerves by knowing that I have some great teammates around me that are, uh, you know, also pretty nervous. So, uh, you know, we like to – I like to have some fun out there, and it was something that I was really ready for. Uh, you know, coming from junior college, uh, it had been three years since I took a meaningful snap in a game. So, uh, you know, it was something I was psyched up for, something I was real ready for. Uh, emotionally, I was fired up for it. My entire family was there, you know. Uh, came to every single game. I, my first game I had – four buddies drive all the way up from Pacifica, California, which is about a 16 hour drive. So uh, it was pretty awesome, man. It was a pretty cool experience and uh, something I'm, I'm very thankful for. Do you, like, do you settle down after that first or second pass? Because like you said, there were a little bit of nerves and a little bit of trepidation, like that first, second one, like, okay, this is normal. This is me. Like, does it take like one or two passes to do that or? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I was lucky enough where coach Leeds and the coaches put together a great uh, opening script and, uh, Got me a few easy completions early. Uh, my first completion of the year was actually to one of my best friends, Aesop Winston, who was arguably my best receiver at, at City College of San Francisco. So uh, cool little connection that we had. Got the ball to him early on the first play. And then uh, we, we called a home run play since we saw them sitting in the right defense for it. We had a play drawn up where I uh, took a shot at a deep post and I hit Roderick Fisher for uh, a touchdown on the opening drive. And uh, that kind of opened up the floodgates. That kind of got my nerves off me and I was just ready to go from there. There's, as we've talked about a little bit, there's, there's a legacy of quarterbacks at Washington State, even kind of before Mike Leach, but certainly with Mike Leach there. Was there pressure at all from that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd really call it pressure. You know, uh, in my eyes, like pressure is just kind of not really being prepared almost. Uh, I think just the more you prepare and the more that you prepare your mind for it, uh, the pressure doesn't really bother you so much. But, uh, you know, the unbelievable quarterbacks that have came through there, you know, uh, uh, like – from Bledsoe to Jack Thompson to Rippin, uh, you know, uh, Alex Brink. Uh, I'm forgetting a few. I'm sure Ryan Leaf, uh, Gardner, Luke. Uh, you know, there's been some unbelievable quarterbacks that have came throughout that system. 
And, um, you know, uh, I always wanted to serve them proudly. We had a cool little uh, quarterback uh, reunion golf tournament this past year, right before our spring game. And that was pretty awesome to see all the, all the familiar faces of quarterbacks throughout the years and uh, being able to network with them and talk to them, you know, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, having them on my side, you know, Jack Thompson's around a whole bunch. Drew uh, Bledsoe's always around. His, uh, his son's one of my best friends on campus, John. And, uh, you know, being able to see them and talk to them all the time, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, uh, we called the QB fraternity at Washington State. And uh, I told uh, Ryan Leaf uh, recently on one of his interviews that, uh, you know, it's uh, something that I take a lot of pride in. So, like you said, one, Drew Bledsoe's kid is one of your closest friends. Like, what's the best piece of advice that Drew has given you maybe for this process or even last year? Uh, you know, Drew's been, uh, Drew's been a good help. You know, uh, seeing him uh, kind of pop his head in and out of campus all the time. He's talked to the team a few times. And, you know, it's someone I, I, I respect heavily. You know, uh, his career speaks for itself. And uh, I'd like to think Tom Brady wouldn't be exactly – uh, Tom Brady earlier in his career, if it wasn't for Drew Bledsoe, you know, I think Drew probably helped him out a whole bunch. So, uh, you know, uh, having his kind of guidance uh, appearing in and out of like the Washington State community, you know, it's uh, something that's helped me out a lot. Seeing the way that he handles him, he handled himself as a pro, handled himself with pride after the whole Brady thing, you know, um, and then going on to even go to a few Pro Bowls with the Bills after that. Uh, so uh, Drew, uh, Drew's really cool. Uh, Drew's helped me out by just kind of telling me uh, to just be a slinger, man. Go out there and sling the ball, you know, have some confidence and, uh, you know, just be myself truly uh, out there, you know. And uh, something I take a lot of pride in also, you know, just being able to be myself. Um, you know, I'm sort of a gunslinger at times, and it's something that uh, I, I, I take pride in. You know, I need to protect the football a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I like the fact that I can throw an interception and come right back and lead a touchdown drive. It doesn't really phase me at all. So you have a great senior year. You end up getting it selected for the Senior Bowl. What was it like playing for Matt Patricia and his staff in Mobile? Uh, shoot, man, that was a, an unbelievable experience. You know, uh, Coach Patricia, you know, uh, him being with Belichick for years, you know, something I've always looked up to, always followed the Patriots' success. And uh, Patricia was awesome. Uh, from the team meetings all the way out to the practice field, you know, he was a real – Real great coach, you could tell, and he really, uh, he really gets the attention of the guys, and everyone was just dying to learn from him. He's uh, one of the brightest head coaches in the game, in my opinion, uh, from what I've from what I've experienced. And uh, he um, he has a great staff. You know, he had Coach Bevel and uh, Coach Sean Ryan as his Coach Sean Ryan's a quarterback coach, Coach Bevel's offensive coordinator, and uh, they did a great job of preparing us quarterbacks throughout the week. And it was awesome to just kind of see how uh, a pro staff uh, works entirely. You know, from the meetings out to the practice field to uh, you know, interacting after practice off the field and stuff like that. You know, it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, I'm very humbled to be able to, to have been able to represent the Cougs there and uh, get to experience a, a good time with the, uh, the Lions coaching staff. What was the best story for you from that week? Like from all of those things that you experienced, whether it was meeting with guys or playing, I mean, obviously you had a pretty good game itself, but the practices, like, is there a story that really stands out to you that you're like, yeah, man, that was different. That was fun. Um, I'd say just kind of the way that the practices move, uh, you know, the practices moved, they weren't too long, but we got a whole lot done in those practices. We did everything that we would do at Washington state, but, uh, uh, a few extra periods and we'd be out, we'd be out of there in about an hour shorter time. So, uh, you know, it moves real fast. Everything is just, once the horn sounds, that period's over, you're onto the next one, you're sprinting to it. So it moves really quick and, uh, it's gotta be uh, on your toes and all that. And, um, you know, I think it, it's a, it's a great opportunity. You know, I think all these bowl games are great opportunities for, uh, for rising seniors or, uh, 
you know, underclassmen that graduate early. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for them uh, to kind of experience what a, a pro camp or a pro practice is going to be like moving forward. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a really cool experience. And, uh, you know, just being able to take it all in and reflect on it at this point is something, uh, something pretty cool. Was there any interactions with Bevel that really stood out to you? Uh, during the game, you know, uh, Coach Bevel did an awesome job of getting me into some great plays and, uh, you know, uh, got me into some good looks. And uh, I think one of the, the cooler things was, uh, you know, just being able to talk to him a little bit. You know, he uh, he asked me kind of after I came out of the game, he asked me who I'd been training with and stuff like that. And I, I referenced Sage Rosenpals, who he actually worked with in Minnesota. So that was pretty funny. Uh, a little connection. He's like, oh, you worked with Sage, huh? Like, that's pretty cool, man. Like, I could tell Sage did a good job helping me out. And uh, also working with Will Hewlett, a guy I've worked with since high school. He's my quarterback mechanic coach. And, uh, you know, they did a great job getting me ready. And, uh, you know, Bevel, um, Coach Bevel did a great job of preparing me throughout the week. You know, he definitely helped me out and helped me progress throughout the week, along with Coach Sean Ryan. He did a, a great job of getting me, uh, getting me ready to go and uh, compete at a high level on, in the game on Saturday. So I was down at Mobile. One of the other things that came out from that week was you chose to wear three for Tyler Helinski. What what went into the decision to to do that? And was that something that like you kind of once you got selected, you're like, I have to do that? Like walk me through that a little bit. Um, you know, that's something uh, I really wanted to do. Um so unfortunately losing Tyler was pretty tough on everyone throughout the Pullman community and especially myself and the rest of the quarterbacks and we spent so much time together he's one of my best friends really kind of took me under his wing and helped me learn the offense entirely once I got there you know uh Luke was a big help to me but Luke was kind of on his own grind uh being a starting quarterback and uh preparing to take on the NFL and stuff like that so uh you know being able to sit back behind Luke and uh just ask Tyler a bunch of questions pick his brain about uh, everything that's going on uh around, you know, the team, uh, the offense and stuff like that, you know, Tyler was a huge, uh, huge part of my success, really, you know, he really helped me understand everything uh, at a quick, uh, at a quicker rate than I should have. And, uh, you know, uh, once we lost him, you know, that's pretty tough on everyone. So uh, it was something that I really wanted to do. I'm really close to the family. Uh, the Holinskis are a great support system to me. And uh, I honor the whole Holinskis Hope Foundation and uh, something that I just really wanted to do. Uh, Luke wore number three when he was down in Mobile, and then it was just something that I wanted to do. Uh, once Jim asked me a uh, number I wanted to wear, I told him number 18 would be fine, but uh, if I could wear number three, that and Jim was so cool. Jim uh, Jim Nagy gave me the gave me the nod and gave me number three, and uh, although it's not my designated college number, I'm sure a few guys did want number three, but Jim was cool enough to, you know, reserve it for me, and I was able to get number three, and uh, something that uh, – Something that, uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in being able to represent Tyler since, uh, you know, he, he you know, undoubtedly would have been the senior quarterback, you know. It should have been his senior year, and he would have been the quarterback representing the Cougs down there in Mobile. So I only thought it was right to wear number three and, uh, you know, carry his legacy with me. Did you talk to the Hinlinski family beforehand and uh, and kind of tell them about that? And kind of say, hey, uh, I yeah, want to do I reached this? Out yeah, I reached out to them and I asked them more so for their blessing. I didn't want to do it. And I wanted to make sure that they knew I wasn't doing it for any sort of publicity stunt. You know, I didn't care about any of that. I didn't care about any of the attention I received for it. I just wanted to do it, um, you know, as a friend, as a, as a, like a family friend almost. And, uh, you know, they were cool enough to, they were so on board with it. They really enjoyed it and they were really cool with it. And I told them that, you know, 
Tyler would have undoubtedly been the quarterback at this bowl game. So I think it's only right that I represent him that way and uh, bring number three with me. And they were so cool about it. You know, they're a great family. You know, uh, his older brother, Kelly, I'm pretty close with. I talk to Kelly quite often. And his younger brother, Ryan, you know, uh, uh, Ryan's killing it up at South Carolina. I keep in touch with him, too. So uh, that whole family was cool enough to allow me to do it. And they've been nothing but supportive to me uh, throughout this whole process. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. A couple of weeks ago, I had Greg Bishop, who works for Sports Illustrated. He wrote the big Tyler, the big story about Tyler in Sports Illustrated. He was on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how that story changed him and, and mattered to him. And, uh, you've hit on it a little bit, but what was your relationship with Tyler really like, like even beyond football? Uh, Tyler, was, uh, you know, he was one of my great friends. Uh, you know, us quarterbacks are pretty tight knit. We spent a whole lot of time together, and. Uh, the way Coach Leach's uh, meetings are function, you know, sometimes we're waiting on him a little bit. So us quarterbacks more or less have no choice but to get close with each other. And, you know, uh, we all got so close throughout the years, man, just uh, sitting in fall camp together, taking bus rides together, uh, hanging out even outside of football, you know, uh, watching games together and uh, just uh, hitting the river, hitting the cliffs and all that that we do up in Pullman during the summertime. You know, uh, Tyler was a great friend. Everyone loved him. You know, he's a uh, he always had a smile on his face. He was a supportive teammate. You know, he did whatever he could to help the team win. And, you know, he brought us back from one of the biggest comebacks in Washington State history. So, you know, just shows what kind of guy he is. You know, he's a gritty competitor, and that really rubbed off on me. And uh, it's the way that he kind of interacted with everyone. Uh, even when he wasn't the starter, he was acting like he was the starter, you know, picking people up, cheering people up and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, Tyler's someone that I think about every day. I wear the wristband, the Holinsky's Hope wristband, every single day. I got like a number three on my water bottle. So I, I think of him every single day. And, uh, you know, um, I had a great relationship with him. And, uh, you know, he's gone way too soon, man. Uh, uh, but, you know, he I like to think that he's watching over me every step of the way. And he's uh, he's guiding my path of life. How how after he passes, how do, how do you cope with that? I realize that's a big question, but uh, yeah, you know, it was tough, uh, but we uh, we were lucky enough to talk to the family. Uh, Kim and uh, Kim and Mark came up and talked to us, and, uh, you know, that was pretty tough, uh, you know, just thinking about all that. And then, uh, you know, going to his funeral and stuff like that, that was pretty tough on everyone. So uh, being able to uh, – being able to uh, just uh, – I don't know. Um, we had a great support system and all that. We had uh, great counselors and trainers, and everyone was just kind of open arms, uh, you know, being able to – you know, it's okay to admit that you're not okay. And, um, you know, I don't know. It was, it was just a pretty tough time. But, uh, you know, uh, we had a great strength coach as well, and then Tyson Brown, who said, you know, we aren't moving on. We're moving forward. And Tyler's going to be with us every step forward. So that's something that I kind of live by, knowing that he's watching over me with a smile and he's guiding me in my path of life, as I said. And uh, one of my best friends. And, uh, you know, I love him. And I love that whole entire Holinsky family. And uh, they're with me every step of the way. I'm assuming like when you go to the combine, like, like you said, you think of them every day. It's like when you go to the football events, whether it's the senior bowl, the combine, do you just like that start to come back into your head more too, when you're going through those things? Um, yeah. You know, uh, like I said, I think of them every day. So um, I, I like to think uh, he'll be with me at the combine. He's going to allow me to perform at my best. You know, uh, he, um, Shoot, I wish he was the one at the combine instead of me, honestly, you know, because uh, uh, Tyler was a great talent. He was a great quarterback and a uh, great leader, great teammate. And, um, you know, he, I know that he's proud of me. And, uh, you know, I do my best to serve, uh, 
my family, the Cougs, and the Holinsky family as proud as possible. And, uh, you know, I like to think I'm doing that pretty successfully right now. What What's the combine going to be like for you? Obviously, you've never experienced it before, but I'm assuming you've gone through a ton of prep right now. Like, what are you anticipating it's going to be like? You know, I'm honored to be one of the 350 or so guys, 330, I think, or whatever the number is. I'm honored to be one of those guys, you know. Uh, maybe a few years ago, I thought that that may be quite a reach, but uh, with all the hard work I've put in and all the training I've been doing, you know, it's something that I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, you know, being able to throw and stand toe-to-toe with all these top QB prospects, you know, uh, I'm fired up for it. And, you know, I'm a competitor, so I'm really looking forward to going against all these guys and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully throw as good as I can and uh, test as well as I can and, uh, you know, just put myself on the map. Is there one thing you feel like you really need to show in Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, I mean, want to make sure that people know that my arm's strong. Uh, I know that some people are kind of knocking that, so I want to make sure that everyone knows that my arm isn't weak at all. And uh, I want to make sure uh, that everyone knows that I was working hard at putting on weight. Uh, it's kind of been my whole focus throughout this time is uh, putting on weight and making sure that I'm uh, I'm durable enough to withstand hits from these big uh, these big D linemen in the NFL. And uh, been working with a great strength coach and uh, been tirelessly working at putting on some weight and uh, looking to part as an NFL quarterback. So I want to put all those questions to rest come combine. Has Sage been working? Have you been working with Sage? Obviously not the strength stuff, but like. The court, some of the quarterbacks yeah. have a stage. Been, you've been working most, mostly with Sage. What What's he been telling you? What's he kind of drilling into you, I guess? Uh, you know, we want to make sure that I'm a quarterback that has uh, no limitations. You know, I may fit certain schemes better than others, but uh, my whole priority is to ensure that uh, I'm not just a quarterback that can only do certain things. So uh, being able to go under center and all that has been a big focus. Uh, throwing all these uh, – these rhythm throws since uh, Washington state, you know, we don't do many rhythm type passes. It's a lot of progression type reads. So uh, I just want to make sure that uh, I'm able to, we've been wanting to make sure that I'm able to, you know, actively uh, get the ball out on time, uh, going through my reads, you know, being able to hit my second progression, third progression and stuff like that. If it's not exactly there. And um, at the same time, we haven't been trying to change myself too much. We've been trying to stay constant to who I am as a quarterback and uh, not trying to eliminate all these things, but we're just trying to, uh, make a few things better and uh, correct a few things throughout the way. How do you go about, like you said, kind of proving that? How do you, do you how do you drill that? Do you drill it just by maybe saying, okay, I can't throw here, have to throw here? Like, are there specific drills that you do? Explain that a little bit more if you can. Um, you know, we've been going under center a whole bunch, so I've been making sure that I get all these snaps under center and, uh, you know, certain routes like uh, we've been doing a whole lot of five uh, five no hitch throws, you know, being able to just throw the ball off your like not off your back foot, but once that fifth step hits the ground, ball's out and it's accurate, you know, and uh, want to make sure there's zip behind the ball, getting the ball out on time. And then uh, also uh, want to make sure that my hitches aren't too violent. Uh, at times where I hitch up, it's a little bit too hitchy. And, uh, you know, um, being able to catch my back foot and just uh, – make sure I have a good foundation under me, a good, uh, a good base and uh, be able to get the ball out, you know, accurately. And um, also in terms of uh, all the play action pass, uh, never really done play action from under center. So that's been a big, uh, big point of emphasis throughout this process as well. And uh, being able to go through the reads from uh, having my back turned to the defense and knowing where everyone's going to be understanding what a defense is trying to take away in certain coverages and stuff like that. Did the senior bowl help you with that? Because obviously you did a bunch of that down in Mobile, like, because that was your first extended work yeah. with that. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely helped me out. You know, uh, 
Sage and Will did a great job of getting me ready for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, Sage, uh, the journeyman quarterback he was, you know, he had – he's been in like nine – like eight different offenses or something, you know. So, he uh, – all the terminology that he was bringing to the table, uh, all the board work that we were doing, you know, it was all uh, – it was all making sense fairly quickly at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, I, I tip my hat to Sage for being able to get me uh, – get me prepped in that, in that area. And, uh, yeah, so, like, once I started going under center and doing all the play action stuff, you know, I took uh, Sage's tips into account and uh, just kind of understanding – where my progression should be, who I'm supposed to hit, what kind of throw it's going to be, if it's going to be an over-the-top, if it's going to be, you know, bring them more to the sideline, uh, stuff of that nature. What were those first two days going under center like? Because like you said, you didn't really do it much at all at Washington State. Like, what was that like? Do you remember? Like, were you like, oh, okay, this is a little different? Or, like, what – how different was uh, it? Yeah, it was definitely different. It was definitely different, you know uh, – I haven't been under center since like my sophomore year of high school. And even then it was just for like one or two plays for QB sneaks and stuff like that and taking knees, spiking the ball. So uh, uh, it was brand new to me more or less. And, uh, you know, it was something that I was ready to attack. And, uh, you know, like I said, Sage and Will did a great job of uh, getting me ready for it. And uh, they, uh, we, they were smart. We were all smart enough to have me walk through it before we actually hit the field. And I think that was a big, a big help because, if I just went straight out there, it may not have been as pretty. So being able to, you know, understand what my steps are going to be, how this is uh, this, the amount of steps for this play, this is what you do for this, uh, that'll help the whole good amount. And, uh, you know, it wasn't brand new once I went to the Senior Bowl. But those first few days at the Senior Bowl were a little different too, you know, working with different centers. They, different centers sit a little lower than others. Different centers snap the ball a little harder, a little earlier. So, uh, you know, it's uh, there's like an acclimation process to it all. And, uh, you know, uh, I was ready to go though. Once I went there, I knew uh, I knew what to expect, and I knew that I was gonna uh, I knew that I was gonna have to address the whole under center thing uh, fairly early in Mobile. Lastly, what should people know about you that they don't? Um, that uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm a I'm a relentless competitor. You you know, uh, I don't let uh, I, I won't back down. I won't let any sort of competition or fear rule my life as a uh, big uh, a big thing coach leach always says is don't let fear rule your life and i definitely don't you know uh i um i attack each and every day as a competitor and i'm gonna do whatever i can to help the team win whether that's uh being a starter backup practice squad whatever it is i'm doing whatever i can to help the team win and uh you know my end goal will be to hoist that lombardi trophy of my teammates so you know i'm doing everything i can in my power to ensure that that, that uh, becomes a reality one day Anthony, thanks so much for coming on the show, for taking some time. I really appreciate it. And best of luck in Indianapolis. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem. You can follow my guest tonight, former Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon at Gordo1 underscore on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein and on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And you can follow the show at the Michael Rothstein Show. Thanks, as always, to Blue Wire and to Regents Field for hosting this podcast and to my producers, Stephen Arkinall and David Woodley for making me sound not so terrible. As always, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe. Most of all, listen. Give us a five-star review if you can. Let us know what you'd like to hear from in the future. And with that, we'll chat with you on Monday.